The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Lord to you, Lord Christ. Another parable Jesus put before the crowds. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of the seeds, but when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and caught fish of every kind. When it was full, they drew it ashore, sat down, and put the good into baskets, but threw out the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all this? They answered, Yes. And he said to them, Therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. The Gospel of the Lord. Gracious God, we ask that you impart to us your wisdom and guide us in all that we do. Amen. I've been thinking about suffering a lot recently. Not because I'm in any more pain than usual, nor because of some sudden onset of despondence, but instead it's because of the consistency of my encounters with the question of how to understand suffering. Something inspired, I think, by the rash of disasters and conflicts dotting the world these days. Where is God's grace in this harsh world of violent nature? This specific question, the question of nature and grace and their relation to each other, is something theologians have discussed for centuries. We tend to conceive of everything around us as part of nature. Trees, plants, animals, humans. The world of grace, however, is much harder to define. We speak of receiving a grace from God, or of some having a graced life. But certainly, grace does not seem as ubiquitous as nature. Yet, in the readings from today, I think we are given a clear account of how these two encounter each other. Beginning with the story of Jacob and his vision of heaven, his main realization was that even the most unexpected places can be the house of God. The psalmist continues, Where can I go then from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? There is nowhere that escapes the presence of God. In the next reading, Paul talks about the creation longing for God. All creation seeks to find its completion in God. 
Finally, the parable in today's gospel shows the world in direct relation to God as seeds given from God's hands. The picture we receive is one of immediacy. God is never far away or uninvolved. God's grace is always acting on the world, always bringing things closer and drawing them back in. This means that in reality, there is no such thing as the natural world. If we're defining nature as that which is not supernatural, that which is not impacted by God, then there is no nature. There is only a world imbued and suffused with a divine presence and activity. Everything is grace, then, in the original sense of the word. Everything is freely given. The fact that we are alive, that anything exists, that life does not simply dissipate into nothingness. All this is the world of grace and a gift from God. Seeing nature as imbued with the divine is perhaps a bit of a problem for many of us. It is challenging to think of a God-imbued tidal wave or tornado. Even more challenging to think of is human nature as somehow evidencing God's grace, especially given the way we've defined the term. When something immoral is done, it is because a person is too human. But some theologians define human nature in a contrary way. What is natural to humans, they say, is to use their reason and virtue to construct and to build and to master. Cities, governments, and technology are natural. They are the proper results of human nature in that sense. And it is in these skills and the order that derives from them that the fact that humans are graced by God is made evident. But nonetheless, it is clear from the world around us that not everything is graced. This is clearly attested to by the activities and proclivities of humans. We are often disposed to act in inhuman ways, and we are drawn to behaviors that manifest evil much more than good. Even so, even in the most sinister of actions, I believe there can be some hint of grace, some reminder that this world is the house of God. I thought of this sermon while watching the film Tree of Life the other day. It's a meditation on the life of a family growing up in Waco, Texas in the 50s and 60s. But interspersed with the story of this family are images of the creation and growth of the universe. The movie literally starts with the Big Bang and returns to scenes of the formation of the planets, the beginning of life, the dinosaurs and their demise. At various points, it returns to these scenes throughout the movie. And all of these scenes are shot to highlight the beauty of the universe, its mystery, and its power. The questions the film asks, and which are repeated by the main character throughout, are directed at God. Where are you? How can I see your face? Where are you in the world? At the root of these questions is the question of nature and grace. If all you can see is the seemingly destructive side of nature, how can you recognize God anywhere? 
the interplay of these two sets of images, one the life of an average family, the other the images of the whole universe in motion, are intended to serve as a form of solace from the difficulties of living. To see all of creation as it flows, life, death, birth, destruction, growth, decay, reminds us that our experiences of these same things are not exceptional. It becomes possible for us to understand how our daily lives fit into this scheme so far beyond our comprehension. Perhaps this serves as a reminder that our current trials are simply part of the reality of the universe, and as such, are universal. Or perhaps it simply reminds us that the minutia of our lives is truly minute when compared with the events of everything in existence. Even though we encounter the appearance of evil in the form of loss and illness, violence and betrayal, we gain nothing by stating that these things are somehow outside the order of the universe. St. Paul tells us today that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. They are, however, worth comparing with the glory already revealed to us in all of creation. And I hope that by standing in awe of the whole of creation, in awe of all that is graced in this world, that you are able to find some moments of peace to carry you on through the rest of your days. Amen.